Ladies. The energy, see essence, you inhale the presence The air in your lung, that's the first step to blessing You're a priest, you're a king on the mountain climbing Are you up, are you down, doesn't matter, take your crown The energy, see essence, you inhale the presence Air in your lungs, that's the first step to blessing You're a priest, you're a king on the mountain climbing Are you up, are you down, doesn't matter, take your crown So you looked in the bucket, you saw a giant mass of crabs They were clawing at each other, slicing, dicing Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're tuned in to Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Monk. Here we are with another episode. Again, um, yeah, usual plugs. Go get my book, Reclaiming the Man, A Rough Guide to Knowing Your Divine Self. That's available on Amazon. If you have read that book, purchase a copy of that book. Leave a review on Amazon. Amazon, Just short rating, short review on Amazon. If you listen to this podcast, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Spotify. And that's it. Literally, those are free ways, those last two, of how you can support the show. Again, obviously, the book um, is not free. However, if you want a free copy, like, like met, send me a message. And if I got some lying around... You know, as stock comes in and inventory goes out, if I got some lying around, I will hook you up. Just let me know. Um, but other than that, we are getting into in today's episode. We're talking about how the fentanyl or fentanyl, <laughs> uh, little Freudian slip there, possibly. I don't know, but how physical, mental, and sp- spiritual health. And discipline are all connected. And then I would add also the emotional element to that as well. And if you haven't caught on, anyone who's been listening to this podcast uh, for more than a couple of months, you will see there are different dynamics and different phases that are going on in this podcast. It's not just we that I have fitness episodes, although typically tends to be my episodes on fitness, my episodes on dating, and my episodes on marriage tend to get more listens than when we do the spiritual stuff. Because when I get into the spiritual stuff and the teaching stuff, it is controversial, but I'm not peddling fear. I'm not peddling controversy. I'm not peddling the things that get people activated. It's more like you're whole. Here's how to live in wholeness. But Anyone who's been listening for a while will notice, well, hey, you do this Bible teaching episode over here, then you do an episode on physical fitness, then you do an episode on dating, then you do an episode about a secular book, then you do an episode about um, wars and tragedies and all these other things. And like the point is, I am trying to model in my own life and for you guys and girls that all of these things are connected. Everything is everything, is the old phrase goes. If you can see the drop in an ocean, you have to be able to see the ocean in one raindrop. And so we're going to bridge some gaps, make some connections here today, and I'm just going to go however long it goes. Could be a long one, could be a short one. We'll see what happens. Um, So... Connecting the physical, the mental, the spiritual, and the emotional. So physically speaking, there's a lot. We live in a materialist world. We live in a society that uses material items, physical items, things in the physical space, the physical world as evidence of our 
power or status symbols that give us power, social credibility, and the like in our society, in our modern Western society. You go to other places and those physical characteristics or even the accumulation of physical items is viewed differently. You know, you have the old Native American story, and I forget which tribe it is because I don't want to just socially appropriate, oh, say, well, the Native Americans, and I'm, I don't even know if it was all Native Americans, but there's a particular tribe uh, where they viewed the accumulation of having more than what you needed as a mental illness. And in a Western society, in a materialist society, it's the hoarding of physical materials that actually is a status symbol which is supposed to, you know, in our society, we, we attach value. We attach great value to that. But as I've said in previous episodes, right, more money, more problems, more stuff, more, that means more things, more times, more systems that you have to put in place to take care of your stuff. I live by the philosophy that, like, I want my stuff to enhance my life, but I don't want my stuff to run my life. I run my stuff. My stuff doesn't run me. And there's, there's, a, there's a thin edge to that. There's a thin edge to that. And it doesn't necessarily even have to do with like your income level because I see this happen from you know the richest of the rich to the poorest of the poor. Stuff is still running your life. You know, the accumulation of physical items. And so you have to, in this sense, you know, this is where the physical turns into the mental and the mental turns into the spiritual and the physical actually is sublimated into the spiritual and vice versa. Because what we really are looking at here is the um, the evidence of physical items and our physical experience is actually a manifestation to spiritual principles that have been followed in our life. And so what we have to look at in the fruit is the reception of physical material does not necessarily mean we're going in a good spiritual direction. You know, because a lot of, I would suggest that in the West, a lot of our physical accumulation uh, how we even view our bodies is the result of a spiritual mask that we're hiding behind. So we're, we're, we're taking from the spiritual world. We're not allowing it to come through in its essence physically. And instead of it empowering us, it becomes this physical item that we use as a mask to hide behind and it casts a shadow and we hide in the shadow because we are afraid of the light. Um, but there's another angle to this. So we look at, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of people, a lot of young men especially because that's the majority of who I work with I work with young men, you know, kind of two age groups uh, between, I'd say, 17 to 26, and then between 32 to about 45 are the groups of men that I work with the most. 
uh, in this space. But I've dealt with it as well, and it's it's energy levels, it's depression. So you know, full disclosure, I I suffer from clinical depression. It's something I've struggled with for about 20 years, maybe longer than that, as far as, you know, I've been able to identify with my healthcare professional. And, you know, don't, if y'all, if y'all hear me, y'all see me when I'm saying this, you know, don't, don't give me the old sad song and dance. It's, it's, it is what it is. I've got good management strategies. We're addressing this thing head on and I still live a really, um, a really fulfilling life with that. It's just, coming to know yourself better and living with something like this. And I don't want it to be my identity either because you can lean into that negative identity or that issue and the issue becoming your identity. And then you're never going to get over it at that point. But I'm just for full disclosure, that is something that I've had to live with and I've had to learn how to navigate And one step in navigating that was actually identifying it, naming it, and then now that we can see it, we can start addressing what's going on head on. But we are very, you know, we we worship the material world in a way, but we are so disconnected from our physical bodies, and it's kind of this weird conundrum, this weird paradox, because we, we exist in this paradigm of accumulating physical items, physical material because of status symbols, but we are so disconnected from what's going on in our physical bodies. Again, what's going on in your physical body always has a parallel to your mental world, your emotional world, and your spiritual world, what we call these unseen realms. And the thing is, if you are struggling mentally, you're struggling emotionally, you're struggling even spiritually, sometimes one way to connect and ground yourself in those other areas actually happens in going through the body first. How many of us have had this experience of doing something really physically hard, physically exhausting, you're hitting a breaking point and then all of a sudden it's like the weight is lifted off and you receive sudden clarity of mind, mental focus and a lightness. You know, sometimes after a good hard workout or a long run to all you runners, you experience this what we would call runner's high or this workout high, and there are all kinds of chemical processes we could use to describe what's going on in the body right there. You know, you just jacked up your serotonin, um, you you know, your dopamine's hitting your brain too, you know, um, all of these other things, these processes are happening. You've oxygenated your blood, uh, which is going to even out things and alkalize your body, all of that stuff, the physical descriptions, but what's going on in a mental component or an emotional component, spiritual component there? A lot of other things are happening. But um, my suggestion, though, is um, if you're struggling mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, and you just seem stuck doing something physically in your body, is a great way to come unstuck. 
it will just do that for you. Now, it doesn't mean you worship the spiritual act. You worship the workout because then what's happening, and I'm guilty of this too, that I become so obsessed with that aspect of what, you know, doing something hard physically, doing hard things physically can do for me mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, that that becomes the sole focus that I forget what the whole physical piece of that was supposed to do. But you do have to have a disciplined approach to it. It's like putting money in the bank. I've talked about that on a previous episode that like investing in your fitness, investing in your health, you know, the old expression, health is wealth, investing in those aspects of taking care of yourself, taking care of your physical body, especially you men and young men listening to this. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your wife. You owe it to your kids. You owe it to your community to work on yourself physically. So you, your vehicle, your meat suit. You are not your body. Let's get let's get on top of that real quick. You are not your body. Your body is this meat suit. It's the vehicle that you're walking around this planet on, but you are actually much bigger than your body. The essence of you is residing in your body, but the essence of you is also outside of your body. However, if you're going to be on this planet with that body with that vehicle you better take care of it it's like having a really nice car it's like dad gave you the keys to the ferrari and said here you go son all you need to do is um change the tire, get the tires rotated change them every once in a while get the oil changed keep it full of gas and you're good to go but a lot of us are walking around with we haven't we've, we've driven 117,000 miles and we haven't had an oil change yet our tires are so worn and bald, they're all flat, and we're driving around on the rims. And because of that, now we have other problems. You understand the metaphor. So take care of your body and taking care of your body, if you take care of that and get that on point, then that's not a hindrance. And then you get into the mental side. You know, this is how I discovered... Um, that I really had some serious mental health is is issues. My physical health was on point, and there were some areas I wasn't struggling with as much, but I was still having the same types of inch issues in when certain situations would arise in my household or in my just day-to-day -day life, and these things would trigger me, and they would start running these programs in my emotions that I would sit in for days and days and days and just ruin my life, ruin my peace, ruin my joy, and just make it hell on my wife and my kids. Seemingly what normal, easy, everyday circumstances would do this to me, and this is where you know, I learned, okay, this isn't a physical health problem anymore this is something deeper that needs to be addressed and so if you get your physical health in check then you're more clear to address the mental the emotional and the spiritual aspects of your life but they're all connected you can't separate them out so for me you know and i've been working out a long time I've been training a long time. So for me, actually, that workout that I do, that's that's a big portion of my alone time, my prayer time. I pray before I work out. I pray while I'm training. I pray afterwards, um, after a training session. And, you know, it serves 
those purposes. That's not my only prayer time or my study time, mind you. But that's just a practice I've developed that's been powerful. If you're just getting back on the wagon, maybe you need a trainer. Maybe you need a group to help motivate you. But once you gain knowledge in that aspect of yourself and what you need to do physically for yourself, then it's a practice that you can develop where you do it more by yourself. You know, another great practice that I do, I'll put on, you know, the audio Bible and play that while I'm training or again, good podcasts, good books on tape. These are all things you start marrying that physical and that mental aspect, that mental piece, but mentally mental discipline, a reading is a huge mental discipline. And we think listening to books on tape is reading. It's not, it's not the same thing. Your, your brain isn't, creating images from words on paper isn't creating mind pictures the same way it does through sound it's not the same thing you need to read because read is an act of meditate it is an act of meditation and it is an act of mental focus and mental clarity so those of you who struggle with focus challenge yourself to read for 20 minutes a day whether it's 10 minutes in the morning when you get up 10 minutes in the evening before bed, 20 minutes before bed, whatever. Challenge yourself, turn off everything, and read for 20 minutes. Do that. And then your ability to focus and bring your mind back in will be so much more. And that just comes from the mental side of things, being mentally disciplined. But I think you also have to be disciplined because I I was really good at this. You know, and this is something I'm working through now is I would have my day so tightly wound into these small increments of time of what I had to do here, what I had to do here. Here's my to do list. Here's my priority list and knocking those things off that there was no room for play. There was no space to just let some things happen. And so I had to actually be disciplined by allowing myself some flex time and some freedom to let my mind roam, to let my mind wander, to not have a task to accomplish. And that's something, if you're more goal-oriented or you're competitive, that is actually something that you might actually need to work into your schedule, actually schedule time for you not to be on a schedule let your mind roam and decompress some there's a fine line to that some of y'all have been decompressing for years not focused on anything you got to get up get yourself shaken out of that comfort because comfort and complacency death is right on the other side of that and this become and this goes right into the spiritual component of all this when you're walking things out on your spiritual path the last thing holy spirit is going to do or whatever you want to call your spirit god i'm going to call it the holy spirit what up well, the last thing holy spirit's going to do is let you get comfortable the second you reach one place you start getting comfortable you're going to get shaken up out of that comfortability and led into another place <laughs> it's going to continually stretch you and stretch you and stretch you all right um but what i want to focus on right now here for a minute is the connection between you know your mental health and your emotional health because those two are connected we have to understand that most of our mental processes are governed by the emotions 
that we feel. And so a really, really powerful practice, though, is actually sitting with yourself. We call this mindfulness, and there's a lot of different ways to do mindfulness. You can do mindfulness where it's a mindfulness meditation and you have a mantra or a phrase that you say over and over, you know, and you sit down for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you just you repeat that phrase as you're sitting in that meditation or sitting in that mindfulness. And then it becomes almost like this thing that washes over you it becomes an environment and atmosphere. You can do a mindfulness meditation where you focus solely on your breath. Again, this is part of a mental discipline, but what you can also do, um, this is, I guess, commonly known as what we call a body scan is where you sit in a mindfulness posture, and then you focus your attention on different parts of your body and notice where you're feeling tension. Notice where you're feeling aches and pains, and you, you scan the whole length of your body, focusing your own tension. So I, I typically do this where I start at the crown of my head, and I focus my attention there, and then I move down to the back of my neck, then I move down to my shoulders, move down to my mid-back, my low back, etc., until I've scanned my whole body and focused my attention on those parts. But what happens is as you learn that focus, you also understand that you're holding things, that you're holding emotions in different parts of your body. And so then you can do a mindfulness meditation where you're like, okay, how do I feel because what you feel, and in naming what you feel, now you're naming the emotion that you feel. Or when a thought comes up, you ask the question, okay, this thought comes up. What does that thought make me feel? Name the emotion. And now you're starting to understand the connections between the emotions and the thoughts that you see or you experience because most of the time the thoughts that we experience are a result of the emotions that we have not identified. And then those thoughts lead us to behaviors and those behaviors can be good. They can be bad, but a lot of the things we do that we don't understand that we do or why we do them are being driven by emotions and being driven by these emotional holding patterns that we have learned just to hold throughout our life for various reasons. You know, big T trauma, little T traumas, uh, survival mechanisms from when we were a kid. Um, and again, these are both good and bad. It's all thrown in there. But that is a way you can have a mental discipline that starts grounding you and getting you to understand your emotions. You know, a big one for me in walking out this untangling of depression has been understanding that there were so many emotions I was experiencing and had been experiencing since I was a little kid that I was ne I never learned how to express and I never learned how to name them. So they were all sitting in there. And then there was all big, massive confusion. And so as my brain is trying to part, uh, parse those out, it becomes exhausting. It leads to frustration and anger. 
then I'm in fight or flight over seemingly nothing. And then when you're in that zone, right, cortisol, adrenaline spikes, you get this super high high, you get super productive for a little bit, and then you just crash and can't get off the couch for days. You just have no energy and no motivation. But that all came from this root of having these emotions that I had not processed and I did not know how to name them. And when I went through and started naming them, now you begin to recognize situations and circumstances in your environment that trigger those types of emotions and then how those trigger emotions can lead you into those negative patterns. But if you can realize it, like for me, it's hope, helplessness and betrayal. I don't do deal well with those two. Most people don't, but those two are really big ones. When I get put into a situation where I appear like I'm danged if I do, I'm danged if I don't, I feel like I am helpless, then boom, here comes the fight. Here comes the anger. Okay, so if I can be, oh, I'm feeling this way because I feel helpless. Why do I feel helpless is that true? Usually it's not. So what can I do? Now I've deactivated that emotion. I've deactivated that whole mental process. And since I've deactivated that whole mental process, now that's not running throughout the course of my body. And so there's, you know, you see a connection between the physical, the mental, and emotional. Now spiritually, what does this play into well, the spirit supersedes all of that because the spirit's the battery pack that fuels all of it. It fuels the emotions. It fuels your thoughts, your mentality, your mind, and it also fuels your body. Again, you're bigger than your body. You're bigger than your mind. You're bigger than your will. You're bigger than your emotions. After all, those things are energy. They have to be pulling from the energy somewhere. That energy is your spirit, and that energy comes from God. But spiritually, it's how do you ground yourself and connect with who you are? Again, that's what I meant when I said we're so disconnected from our bodies because we are, we ground ourselves into our bodies, but we forget that we actually exist both within our body and outside of our body at the same time. There's this whole world out there that you are a part of, that you are participating in, in multiple dimensions at the same time that's much bigger than your body. So your body is a great, holy thing. It's a tool, but you are also much bigger than your body. It's not all of who you are. It's not the sum total of who you are. And so understanding that and realizing that will actually allow you to appreciate your body, appreciate the physical world and the physical universe around you much more. It's like you, anyone who's seen that movie Soul, you see all these souls who are trying to find a body so they can actually live out a physical experience on earth. You are so blessed that you are a being that gets to have a physical experience on the planet earth. You are so blessed to do that. But your physical body is not you. It's a part of you, but it is not all of you. And so I had the question 
kind of relating to this topic of like, how do we build spiritual discipline in our lives? And I'm, that's a great question. But I think it has to do with any time we recognize that we are a body and a mind and emotions and a spirit and we're connected to part of this much greater whole all at the same time. So you can be a separate individual being at one juncture and at the same time you're part of this huge collective as well. And I think anytime you sit and focus and understand that, that is a spiritual discipline. But I think physical discipline can also be spiritual discipline. Mental discipline can be spiritual discipline. You know, understanding your emotions can be a type of spiritual discipline because guess what? The spirit is behind all of it. If you recognize it and acknowledge it, that becomes a spiritual discipline because, again, it's the same mechanism. It's the same energy that's powering the whole thing. And so that is what I would say is like how um, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health and discipline are all connected. So, but, you know, let's break it down this way. If you neglect the body because you're so obsessed with the spirit, well, guess what? Your body's going to die and you're going to be of no use on the planet Earth. This is what the Gnostics believed in the days of Jesus. And you still see some of those Gnostic ideas um, roaming about in the New Age, roaming about in different occult circles. You even see some versions of Christianity practice this. Right, The body's no good. The body's this evil, dirty little meat suit. We're going to focus everything we do on getting spiritual power. But if everything is justifiable in order to get spiritual power, you can do some really, really sadistic things. Um, and this gets into why um, child ritual sacrifice and human ritual sacrifice has been a thing in society, different societies. It all gets back to these Gnostic ideas that um, anything is justifiable as long as you empower the spirit. Um, so you can focus so much on the spirit that you forget about the body that you live in, being disconnected to it. We do that, actually, I think, in the West with how we how we accumulate things. We accumulate all this stuff in the physical world, but we forget about we become disconnected from our body and disconnected from our spirit at the same time and our awareness of it. So you're not, it's not that you're literally disconnected, but if your awareness is elsewhere, you're going to live an experience where you are feeling disconnected from these things. You're not living as a whole being. On the other hand, if you're focused so much on your physical body, that you do not acknowledge that you are a spiritual being much bigger than your body and your body is a part of you, you're not going to live a whole existence either. You're going to be one-dimensional or two-dimensional when you should be multi-dimensional. Same things if you never develop your, your mental acuity, you never tap into your emotions. This was the thing that I did for years and years and years and years and years. Um, all of these elements... Right, make you a whole person, a living being. 
and there are different ways to approach all of them, but I think you have to approach all of them and recognize how they are all interconnected at all times. So, there you go. How the mental, the physical, spiritual, the emotional, health, and I'll just say this too, physical health will help your mental health. Better mental health will help your better emotional health. Better emotional health will help better mental health. Better emotional health will help better physical health. And your spiritual health, like your spirit, is not necessarily sick at all. Your spirit's eternal. But if you don't acknowledge the spiritual aspect of your life, it's like you trying to drive a car without gasoline. Eventually, that tank's going to run out and you're not going anywhere. And it's going to be a lot harder to get around. So that's all I got for you. Until next time, it's your boy Monk. Peace and blessings to you from the Most High. I'm out.